and welcome back to another episode of Joe and Matt having a chat. As always, I'm joined by my very good-looking co-host, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Nice and uh, ready for today, as always. It's been quite fun doing all of these, and I hope you guys listening have learned something. Even if you take one thing away from the podcast, that's a win in our eyes. Um, and today's guest, well, Joe knows her very well. Um and because of Joe's, Joe's girlfriend, we've got someone that's quite close to Joe, so it'd be quite fun today. So there's a bit of banner across them. Um, but Robin, do you want to explain what you do as a job? Kind of give us a brief description of what you do. Yeah, um, so, well, hello, I'm Robin. Um, <laughs> I am a personal trainer, a self-employed personal trainer, and I'm recently a qualified nutritionist as well. So helping clients with the training and also the food side of things. Nice. So yeah, today we'll be focusing on nutrition. Um, so me and Joe are going to kind of ask a few questions, some questions that people might have asked us in the past that we would see your answer. Um, but yeah. So I guess before we dive into the questions, can you talk a little bit about your nutrition qualification, what who it was with, and kind of what you had to do to achieve that qualification? Yeah, so there's um, a fairly well-known nutritionist in the nutritionist world, I guess, um, Martin McDonald, and he has his own kind of almost like a Joe don't get annoyed at me saying this but uni level kind of qualification though it's only one year but <laughs> that's kind of it's Mac Nutrition Uni so and it's a year-long course you can do or you can do two years if you want to kind of spread it out a bit more mine was year-long and yeah so it was all online you know it's frequent exams and then you get to the end of it you do short answers case studies multiple choice things so quite arranged then either you, you know pass fail or get the distinction so yeah it was a really enjoyable course it covered a lot we went over more basics and then dove into a bit more like disordered eating um performance nutrition obesity pregnancy all sorts of that so it's quite interesting to get a nice range so yeah recommend it so did you say it was a university level course well that's mac nutrition uni so okay. it is no, no, I, I just heard that you said it was a, a year course but it was a universal level. Anyway, yeah, cool. Not quite. Was there a certain aspect or area of the degree that you enjoyed the most? And if so, what and then why? Probably looking into the special population. So something like the eating disorders and the pre and postnatal and diabetes side of things. Because I think it's and PCOS as well. So things that have like a big effect on people's lives. It's quite nice to be able to know a bit more about how to help them obviously I'm not qualified to deal with eating disorders specifically or anything like that but I have a bit more knowledge around it and I just thought it was quite interesting and yeah I'm quite I kind of go with the emotional side of my clients so being able to help them with that side of things is really important for me anyway and just for those that aren't listening as well as me and maybe Matt what was PCOS <laughs> polycystic ovary syndrome so it's something that obviously cool sorry yeah just you know for those that obviously yeah obviously didn't know that okay we'll, we'll jump straight into some of the uh the, like, the questions we've got so hopefully you can help us debunk some of these fitness myths so the first one quite a well-known phrase no carbs before marbs mm. what would be the, the thinking behind people doing that and why would you maybe talk them into not doing something like that um i would talk them into not doing it because carbs are enjoyable and i'd be very much of a hypocrite if i told people to not eat carbs 
it's half my or more than half my diet is that based on carbs um i'd say the myth has probably come from the fact that carbs hold water and you know you have one gram of carbs you hold three grams of water with it and it just but you know it's a temporary thing it's not as if that stays in your body forever that's probably where the myth came from you'll see you know bodybuilders might get to the point where they before their show they'll cut down on carbs just to kind of tighten up a little bit but doing it just for a holiday isn't really worthwhile because you know the second you get on holiday you know you're five cocktails deep and it doesn't look like you've cut out any carbs so it's is one of those things people do it if it if it cuts out a few calories and they're looking to be in a calorie deficit and lose fat then it could be beneficial but you wouldn't have to necessarily cut out carbs to do that so does that mean that I can have carbs after 6 p.m. as well? Absolutely, yeah. There's no re- carbs are the same, whether it's 6 a.m., 6 p.m., whether you're here in the UK or in Australia, this, you know, time-wise, it doesn't make a difference with food at all. It is more of a personal preference. Some people might prefer having their carbs earlier in the day to fuel them for their gym session. And, you know, some people might find that they, if they eat too late and go to bed, they might have acid reflux that's the only real reason why you might not want to have carbs later but any food could do that so you said there about fueling before a gym session what would be your recommended pre-gym meal um something that is easy to digest and if you're having it you know maybe an hour or 30 minutes before you go to the gym some carbs is a bit like fast acting you know could have a banana and some peanut butter or a bagel or something like that if you you know you're gonna have um a long time before your gym session some carbs and some fats for a bit more of a slow release so it hasn't got to be over complicated as long and you know not eating too close to the gym session so you don't kind of feel on the sick side when you start lifting so you said about kind of peanut butter is peanut butter kind of a good source of food because it kind of obviously can contain high fat talk to us about that a bit yeah, yeah. I mean, it is still, you obviously hear the kind of the good fats and the bad fats and it is definitely more of a good fat than a bad fat. It's, you know, you can get really natural peanut butter that's just peanuts or peanuts and salt or peanuts and some palm oil. And it's, yeah, it's a good slow release option for fats and has a small amount of protein in, but it's probably overhyped the amount of protein that's in peanut butter, sadly. So, so just going back to when you were saying for pre-gym meals you said get some carbs and fats in can you give some example foods of carbs and fats so for carbs um i'd have something maybe for the gym like oats or a bagel um to be honest i have that every day so it doesn't vary much for me and in terms of fat something like peanut butter we mentioned avocado cottage cheese things like that greek yogurt maybe it's you know something that's quite substantial and yeah as long as something fuels you but you don't tip over to the side of feeling a bit unwell with it when you start lifting it's a good option you're giving us a lot of healthy foods at the moment are you trying to tell me that eating pop tarts before going to the gym (laughs) best thing to do because i can't say whether i did or didn't do that this morning (laughs) it's quite a frequent occurrence isn't it it is um you know what they are going to be a quick release of sugar and you know you'll get glucose into the bloodstream fairly quick so I can't completely fault it 
and I'm sure all of us have gone to the gym with some sweets or a chocolate bar or something it's it's not the best but I, yeah I can't knock it because I've done it myself so just saying how you said about sweets there um because I know someone trains in my gym they have like a little thing of uh, jelly babies as they train don't need to go for a whole pack they might have one or two what's going to be thought of meals during training like because people have protein shakes or would mm. you say no to food during or um again it's more personal preference it depends on how you feel for it I have yeah previously gone into the gym knowing if I were going to do or I was focusing on strength more and I was going to do like a longer deadlift session or something I'd have me maybe like some sweets in my bag just for a boost of energy but it's probably more of a placebo effect for me anyway than anything people you know when you see footballers on the pitch recently you know if they ever had a break they'd get like a little glucose shot energy shot so something that's got high sugar if you're going to have it is probably best protein shake you'll probably leave until the end um I can't imagine that would sit too well in the stomach after a while so yeah just something with a little bit of sugar apple banana sweet something like that I guess a lot of it comes down to personal preference and knowing your body I know that definitely before some bigger squat sessions I've eaten more than one toffee yum yums I don't know if I've ever told you that <laughs> but I would I would literally go to the gym I think I bought three from Lidl because it was a pound had one before my client and then two before I went to lift and I was in quite close mm. uh, like time between eating and then training and I've had no issues but I imagine if we gave you a toffee yum yum you might not feel the same way as I do about things. I did squats this morning and I just had a bowl of had some oats and a bit of kind of, oh, as you said, oats and some kind of peanut butter. And even then I was like, mm. Didn't fancy the Pop-Tarts? No, I didn't quite fancy <laughs> that. That's a, I, I can't confirm or deny if I did that, but... Team oats over here. If I, if I can. I know, again, it, I guess it depends on what you're doing. When I've competed in powerlifting before, you need to be eating a lot throughout the whole day. And that would be... So you don't spike in energy? It just be, yeah, consist- I think I'd normally eat fairly consistently up until it but you'd be eating like sandwiches or wrapped in between lifts because mm. you've got like an hour's gap and you didn't want to be just eating like the quicker acting sugars i think towards the end it was just eat as many sweets and donuts as you can just a... which isn't healthy and i probably wouldn't do it that way again but you get that surge of energy towards the end mm. so we've talked about kind of pre a bit during but say kind of post-workout and someone has like if you have obviously a higher protein food probably after is there kind of too much protein? Like, can you have too much to make you fat, for example? Or? It could only make you fat, say you're in a calorie surplus. So eating more calories than your body burns. And, you know, fat would be, you could, you could gain muscle or you could gain weight of some sorts. Um, too much protein? No, you'd have to go, like the whole, you know, kidney failure thing with protein is a bit more of a myth than it is fact you probably could it would be hard to have too much protein and it gets to a point where your body won't necessarily use it for the form that we would want it in terms of going straight to the muscle muscle building but no not too much you know you you might be one of the people who do intermittent fasting and you won't eat until maybe you do work out from 10 to 12 and then you start eating you know you probably want quite a good chunk of food after that so no too much protein is not not necessarily true you said then just kind of easy for the right thing what could it be used for if you had enough so you'd so proteins more muscle building muscle retention mm. so those people i mean everyone needs protein and 
every, yeah, everyone needs it regardless of your age, regardless of what you train, how you train, if you train. And it's good for muscle building, muscle maintenance. And it's important whether you're in a calorie surplus, deficit, anything like that. And it kind of just, it will end up being a, a fuel source for the body if it's been used adequately. Is there an optimal, optimal amount of protein that someone should consume on a daily basis? It varies from person to person. Again, whether you train, whether you don't train, whether you're looking to build muscle, um, lose weight and everything, regardless of, yeah, regardless of all of that, everyone does need protein, as I've said, and it's actually quite more beneficial than people think. If you're losing weight, it's more beneficial to actually have more protein. So it is, there's, I mean, there's a calculation to do and it does depend on your body weight with this and your goals. So is there like a, a recommended, say like grams per kilo of body weight and if there is would you be able to tell us that number off the top of your head off the top of my head oh it would be yeah it could vary so from I would suggest probably going no lower than at least a gram per kilogram of body weight for someone who doesn't really train you know doesn't need to focus on maintaining that much muscle muscle aren't getting torn in the gym but for those people who are looking to like bodybuild for example probably be higher closer towards two grams body weight maybe even more so matt you weigh 80 kilos around that yeah so you'd be looking at about 160 grams i'd probably weigh too much protein then thinking about it. Mm. i'm only 85 oh, 87 kilos <laughs> maybe 88 <laughs> i'm being what's 88 times two matt okay a big number joe, joe's getting his calculator right just for everyone's listening joe's cool 176. So I need 176 grams of protein to get massive. And say, so say Joe wanted to get massive and he had the 100. More, ma- more massive. Matt. Okay. More. If he had more grams, would the body just hold it? What kind of. Would I mean, be- yeah, you, you people do, you know, push the limits up to like, you know, three grams per kilo of body weight. It doesn't, it's not going to be massively. Um, detrimental maybe you just if you don't want to gain massive amount of weight you just have more protein and reduce the carbs or you know something like that it's not going to be detrimental to him you know protein isn't terrible as long as you're getting you know decent protein from good sources it's fine so you said kind of a minute ago about intermediate fasting is it okay to skip breakfast or so a lot of people do and don't it's a very kind of one of those, is it more down to the individual? What would you kind of recommend someone? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely down to the individual. I know for me, if I skip breakfast, that's all I think about <laughs> until I can eat it. Um, but you absolutely don't need it. It's not, you know, the whole, you have, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It was actually just a marketing ploy by Kellogg's to get people to buy cereal. It's got no specific benefit into like, you know, the whole kickstarting your metabolism not true it doesn't add any cognitive function to kids when they go to school all of it is personal preference you know if you've got an early gym session maybe you want to have a bit of food beforehand if you don't feel like eating breakfast then you're fine to wait till lunch and it means you don't you know snack throughout there's yeah absolutely no need to eat it if you don't want to could there be an argument to having breakfast in the morning and that you want glycogen to fuel your brain and ideally you want to get some of that in the morning so if you weren't eating breakfast mm. would you not be slower for the first 
three, four hours of the day until you've had something. You've then got glycogen in the body, which is then going to produce, not produce, help the brain work better. Mm. So could you not argue that breakfast is the most important meal of the day? So you could do, I know in, there's been studies in children where sending kids to school with or without breakfast actually doesn't make a difference for them. And for, and there's been studies on working women who actually the ones who have breakfast in the morning have a dip in the afternoon of energy and cognitive function. But I do, I can believe I'm this, I probably, again, personal preference and what you're used to for those of us who have breakfast in the morning, if we didn't have breakfast, you probably would be lacking the energy, lacking the focus that we normally have. However, I do think it is a personal preference thing. You know, some people power through in the morning without any breakfast and then it gets to lunch and they're like, oh, now I'm ready to eat. Yeah, I think it's we down to personal preference and how you're used to being. So talking about meal timings, is there, obviously we're saying that you don't have to eat breakfast. Is there better times to eat throughout the day, either before you work out, after you work out at night, 12 o'clock before you go to sleep? Is there specific times that you would recommend when to eat or is that personal preference as well? Again, I'm going to say this all the time, it is down to personal preference. Um, The evening one, I would just say is, as I mentioned before, if you suffer with acid reflux, not eating close before you lie down would be suggestion. But, you know, people who panic about having dinner at nine o'clock because they finish at eight, they haven't got to really worry about it because it's not going to do anything specifically negative in their bodies or their minds. It's, you know, have if you prefer having meals regulated and having, you know, breakfast at eight, lunch at one, dinner at six, and that works for you and it keeps you satiated, then by all means go for it. But I know with our times, you know, being PTs, we have meal times all over the place. I don't remember the last time I had the same timing for my meals. So, I mean, it works and it can be difficult when, you know, you do long hours and then you have to, you feel like you've got to eat loads when you finish work because you're starving. It's just about being able to balance that and manage it. So you say kind of about carbs and fats and stuff before, what's your kind of thought on people saying fruit is bad with the sugars? Some people mm-hmm. say you know, juices and stuff, is it as bad? It's, what, fruit? So it's, I mean, there's anyone who says fruit's bad, it's kind of like, a, that's, it's obviously not bad. <laughs> fruit is good. Um, it would be interesting to see whether they also cut out, you know, cakes and brownies and cookies as well, because if you're going to call fruit bad, you know, that's a complete different realm. Um, yes, fruit has got sugar in, but it's, you know, we're not, I don't really know many people who have, you know, buckets and buckets of fruit a day to the point where it's going to be unhealthy for you. Um, juices juice diets are a complete different thing because you are cutting out everything and just having juice so your body's obviously not going to be loving that i you know an apple an apple a day kind of thing is not going to be bad i would just be be cautious of how much you're having in terms of as if you're looking to lose weight although fruit is good for you it does have calories so just be aware of that so you mentioned there about almost like juice diets is there any benefits to going on a detox diet? No. We've got kidneys and livers for detoxing. We don't need juice to do that. So things as like that. feel fresh and healthy and all this, it's, yeah, purely drinking juice for two weeks 
I've seen someone do that before and the second they ate a, they ate a meal, they were sick. So yeah, not good. Wow. So I guess you're saying things like shake diet, diets probably aren't the best as well. No, I wouldn't advocate for them. I can see their benefit in terms of people who move a lot and haven't got time to sit down and have lunch and having it, you know, a shake for lunch kind of thing. I can see that benefit because I'd rather someone have those vitamins and calories and everything from something than to completely skip a meal and be hungry. But, you know, shakes for breakfast, lunch and dinner is not something that I would advocate. I think you could just eat real food and get the so same what, or more benefits. What's your view on companies like Herbalife? Mm. <laughs> Probably worse now that I keep getting messages asking to be part of their kind of their schemes. Um, yeah, not really a big advocate for things like that. I haven't looked specifically into some companies, but, you know, the diets that are like, you know, you have a 200 calorie meal and the rest of the time you just drink juice. It's not really the safest option. You know, you can, you look at, we look at athletes and especially now the Olympics are on, we'd look at athletes and think they perform well. They look amazing. They are healthy. What they do, we completely, I mean, a lot of public ignore the whole foods, the training, the sleep, and just jump to like pills and shakes. You know, it's like we, we idolize these people but we ignore how they got there and jump to the seemingly easy option, but probably more detrimental or definitely more detrimental. I think it's one of those where nowadays that kind of that quick fix or that quick change is, does seem to be the way people are going. Mm-hmm. Hopefully people stops. Obviously where people are slowly more educated about kind of like calorie deficit and so plus like you said, but it's a, it's a shame when you have people like that, but Mm-hmm. one random question is bread bad for you because if people aren't that educated the first thing they do is normally just take away bread from their diet uh no it is not unless you have a gluten intolerance um bread is fine you know i love bread anything carbs to be honest i will i'll eat in abundance and no bread is not fine and i always love the look on a client's face when i tell them oh no you you can eat bread if you want to you know like go for it and they're like really that's that's incredible (laughs) and you know if it gives you that extra bit of joy and it doesn't upset your gut then yeah it's absolutely fine so are you going to then tell us that brown rice is actually no better than white rice correct apart from in flavor which is just the personal preference (laughs) But you prefer brown rice to white rice? Yeah, absolutely. No. Wow. Um, <laughs> I can't say really... And you've got really Uncle remember. Ben's spicy Mexican rice, number one. Then you've got white rice and you've got brown rice. Uncle Ben's spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's number one. Brown rice can be down the bottom. So does that mean that like sweet potato wedges are better than like, normal potato wedges? Is that another um, again? Again, no, it's yeah, that's just down. I mean, every they have slightly different minerals in. Um, I can't remember exactly, but which one has slightly more iron, which one someone has more zinc, but yeah, calorie-wise, you just gotta weigh it out and see which one works best within your calories. So touch your minerals a little bit. Obviously, you get a lot of vitamins and minerals from things like fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Is there any difference in having frozen vegetables or fresh vegetables? No, I've I've recently seen that having frozen is actually better for you because it's frozen as soon as it's picked. So it really isn't. It's just probably more down to the way you cook it. 
I'm not too in tune with the best way of cooking things. I'm you know, thinking like, the whole steaming thing is better than putting in the oven or something like that. But no, in terms of if you're having, you know, fruits, having them frozen to having them fresh makes no difference really. Probably that, more convenient than anything. Is it something like it keeps keeps the vitamins more because it's frozen? There's, there's some kind of something like that. I can't remember exactly. Do yeah, I believe so. I believe, you know, in, in transportation and processing, you probably lose it if you try and keep it fresh and they try and keep it fresh without freezing it. It's probably got to be quite difficult. I guess what you said about kind of the cooking, if you want to steam something or put it in the oven, does that just come down to if people then put oils if it's in the oven so it doesn't get dry or? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not too but... sure on the specifics of that, to be honest. I think, yeah, with steaming, it's obviously you can add, you add less to it. So it can probably be like, fresher or less processed or you know less calories because you're not adding oil to it mm-hmm. yeah that's it really okay so we've got one one question left from our, our, our pre-paid pre-planned <laughs> questions i've got a few more off the back of what you said but I, matt was really desperate to ask you this question I, as soon as i met him he said joe i've only got one question for robin and this is it so matt fire over your question <laughs> um is eight cups of water enough for the body to be healthy Wow, very specific. How big are these cups? Okay, um, well, it, again, it is down to each person and their height and how much they sweat. And a person's sweat rate is, you know, you'd see athletes and people doing a triathlon is going to need significantly more water than I am sat here who would not never dare to do a triathlon. So it's a good place to start and it's a good number to aim for you know like we have the classic 10,000 steps and the two liters of water it's a good number to go for appreciate that but yeah I don't know if you actually said it yeah you, you did say at the start that you were a personal trainer what are some of the common I'm gonna use the word issues but I don't know if I mean issues questions I oh, know so not not questions like common common themes you see with clients that you then kind of have to talk them out of. So you mentioned already about not eating bread. Is there any other things that kind of jump out at you that you consistently get asked by clients or have to tell clients? Uh, Oh, that's a good one. Probably if they've had a bigger weekend with food and alcohol, a lot of them think, well, that's it. You know, I've ruined it all. And it's about saying, no, you've got, you just go back on the, back on the wagon as it is, or back to it on Monday or whatever day it is, you know, you haven't thrown all your progress out the window and clients also thinking that if they have a week off from the gym, that's it. And trying to say to them, actually, if you've been training consistently for say two months, having a week off from the gym can actually be quite beneficial. You can, muscles can recover. You can eat enough food to bring us the stress levels back down. So things like that, you know, a lot of clients think they go kind of go all or nothing. And it's amazing when they go for all, but the second they drop down, they think everything's reversed. And mm. it's kind of saying, no, you know, even the best athletes have, you know, months off at a time. It's it's fine. <laughs> Not to stress. Go to a question you said there where they kind of go all out of the weekend. If a client came to you and said, oh, I'm going to drop my calories during the week because I'm going out for a meal on Friday. Mm what would you kind of say to that if they suddenly dropped it by like 500 calories a day so then would they think would you say yeah you've got loads more in the plate in the weekend like, i mean dropping it by 500 i'm expecting a really big meal on a friday night but 
I would say I I do advocate for clients if they're in a good mental space with food and have a good relationship with food to say, you know, bring your calories down by 100 or 150, you know, Monday to Friday. And then you've got a bit more on Friday night if you want to. It's some clients are happy to be stricter. Some clients kind of just go with the flow and we kind of tweak their food as we go. It's fine for some people and it's not for others it depends on the relationship with food to be honest so if someone had kind of a, a, a say they're having 2500 calories a day would it then be that their week is going to be this many and they can then play around or would you kind of recommend they try and stick within a target every day it's um if you know if, if it's a normal week it's probably easier to just stick with a target every day you know 2500 every day is quite simple to look at if they say to me I'm going out on Friday and Saturday. We can look at these are the amount of calories you have over your week and you, you know, move them around where you need and where you see fit. Mm. Same with training, you know, if they've got bigger training days, we'll maybe have more calories either that day or the day before. Yeah. Um, so the last two nutrition questions. Can you say that word then? Um, <laughs> pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, the good. freshness is a good is a good addition. So it's got like yeah. a sweet salad, kind of yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about chocolate? Was it better in the fridge, or do you like it if it's got? Yeah, chocolate in the fridge, yes or no? No, in the cupboard, the fridge takes away some flavour. You don't like the kind of snap, that clean snap of it. No, not at all. Ah. In the cupboard all the way. So. If say kind of I know absolutely nothing about nutrition and I just I just eat what I'm given to me. What's three mm. bits of advice you would tell me? Oh, good question. Focus on protein. Wherever, wherever you're doing, protein is good to have. Um, ensure you get adequate fiber, and fill your half your plate with fruits and vegetables. What would I get kind of fibre from? Just name a few foods just in case people aren't sure. Um, like leafy greens, beans, lentils, things like that. Okay. okay, so we've probably kept you for about half an hour, give or take. So just a few final few questions for you, a bit off topic to what we've spoken about so far. Uh, Matt's personal favourite question to ask a lot of people. <laughs> I'm actually going to let him ask it because, again, it's, it's his favourite one to ask. Um. Mm. If you were going to be an animal, what would you be? Not what you want to be. What would you be? <laughs> Interestingly, I am probably the same animal that I'd want to be. Um, I would say a cat because I love to sleep. Um, I need to be let out so I can go for walks and I need to be fed. And I'll let people know when I need to be fed. I can wholeheartedly agree with all three <laughs> of those statements. <laughs> That is uh, correct. I guess I don't know if I've actually asked you this before, but if not, then the listeners can hear your answer. So what advice do you think Robin 10 years in the future would give to you now? Um, don't put a time limit on stuff. Well, I think I've kind of been in the habit of doing that and I'm trying not to, especially given that uh you know we've had a year and a half delay on most things so yeah don't put a time limit on things what about the problem from five years ago previously what would you tell yourself then to then would that be the same advice or 
something different? Probably not the same advice because I don't think I worried about it as much. Um, I was in a probably different place five years ago and most likely don't sweat the small stuff, which I would probably, I mean, my mum still reminds me of that today. So I'd probably remind myself of that in 10 years time as well. I think it would also be make sure you swipe right for Joe. <laughs> yeah. Left or right? Oh, yeah. oh no. Um, fair enough. Right, so, so we'll slowly wrap up. What can we expect from Robin Salvi over the next 12 months? Um, what can we expect? A growing nutrition business. So just recently started, recently launched that and hoping to gain some clients there and branching out for over two gyms. So I work in Camden, I work in Andover, so hopefully grow my business that way. Yes, that's it. Well, Robin, thank you very much for giving up your time. Matt, no any words of wisdom for the listeners? No, I think, no. I think we've covered a lot today. I think kind of it'd be worth listening to it again, probably twice this one, just to really take in all the little bits because we've skimmed over past, but there's been little golden nuggets in there for sure. Apart from that, I think we'll say goodbye. And yeah. until next time, thank you very much for coming on, as always, Robin. And thank you. Bye. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for making it this far. And we'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye. Bye, guys.